beginning. There we go. Hey. Hey, look at us. Only four minutes late. Okay, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode, we'll call it 251 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or on the replay and podcast form over on anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And if you can't catch the show live and just want to catch some clips, make sure to subscribe to Craft Extra, where you can catch those all through the week. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. All Super Chats are right on the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We will be drinking alcoholic beverages on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat, and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there. That's right. And talk more Star Trek. No. <laughs> talk more Star Trek. Well, yeah. <laughs> And Star Wars and Morrowind. Oh, that's about God. it. That's about it. Yeah, pretty much. No, seriously. If if you guys enjoy the show, you'd probably enjoy the Discord server even more. Think about jumping on over there. It's uh, it's super fun. Yeah. All right, John. How's it going? Busy day. Even though I actually, you know, I I had the day off today, oh, yeah? and. Uh, so I prepped everything at three o'clock. I'm like, I'm gonna be on time. I'm gonna be cool, and I got to go pick up my setup from school. So that was kind of nice. Yeah, right, mm -hmm. since I never get to see to do that. Um, then he was like, Well, let's go play all these games. I'm like, Sure, sure, let's go do that. And uh, my wife comes downstairs. She's like, You know, you have like eight minutes to get ready, right? I'm like. Uh, no. And then my son's like, wait, 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 come look at this. We're going to do this. It's going to be great. And, uh, he, he's like replaying through Mario Odyssey. He's like, isn't it funny? This hat's right next to this hat. I'm like, you, what? No, this, that took three minutes. <laughs> I don't have three minutes. Uh, that's funny. So, yeah. Uh, but other than that, it's been nice. I, I just basically cleaned the studio uh, nice. it's still dirty but it's i can walk through it very easily i can fit more than myself in here now yeah <laughs> that's always nice man it, yeah. i've been working on a project for nearly a week now and i've had to order parts three separate times uh <laughs> like i've gone to shoot the video and been like everything's going to go together. Like, I think I have everything planned out and I'll start going through it and putting it together. And it's like, ah, oh, dang, I'm missing this one part. I literally can't move forward with the video. Oh, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to put it aside. I'm going to film something else. And so I'll like scramble to film something else, get that done, get it out the door. All right, we can go back to this project and start working that now. And uh, I attempted to shoot it for the third time today. I made it literally 60 seconds into the shoot. Oh. The cooler uh. I bought doesn't fit. <laughs> oh man. I hadn't I, I I hadn't checked clearances. I thought that I had, and I thought that I had a cooler that would fit. And uh went to put it down inside the case and went, 
nope. Nope. Uh, nope. 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 <laughs> yeah. Hey, when that happens, I was shooting a video yesterday and I thought it was going to be fast and then everything poured out and it was really sticky situation. And so everything, yeah. my hands were just sticky. I was like, ah, oh, this is, this shot's not going the way I want. The That's B-roll, the uh, I told him I'll be done in 30 minutes. It's a really quick thing, you know, and the B-roll itself took an hour and a half. And it's like, that's only like 20 <laughs> seconds of shooting or, you know, wow. once you're done editing and it's just like, ah, the angles just wasn't working or uh, the focus, it would never focus on it because mm -hmm. the glass was being too reflective or it constantly kept focusing on me or, yeah. or, or I'm trying to have me be the focus, but it kept focusing on the beverage. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't have time for this. Yep. Yep. Uh, anyway, it's, it's been a weird week. Uh, my middle kid started kindergarten this week. Uh, so she had her first two days of school. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting times. Uh, completely different than sending my first kid to kindergarten, too. Because it's like... The first one was, like, super exciting. It, it's like, uh, oh, look, my baby's growing up. And, oh, she's yeah. off to kindergarten and, and, and everything else. Um, with my second kid, it's like... Boy, have we prepared her enough for this? <laughs> yeah, like... I know, right? <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, so going well so far, but yeah, little little nerve wracking, little anxiety around the house. So yeah, I know he comes back and tells us stories, and it's like, what? Why did you do that? You know, or what's going on? Uh, he got his. So this is his sixth day officially, and he got he got yesterday his first time out. And I was like, at the same time, I was like, yeah, that's my boy. But <laughs> I was like, yeah. Get it out of the um, way early. Yeah. Uh, but but it was just like that initial thought, like, what dumb thing did you do now? Oh, man, I just knew it. <laughs> that total parent to overreacting. It's like, oh, my gosh. And it actually was nothing bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> so. You like fighted that yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he threw some bark <laughs> chips up in the air and the teacher said stop and then he was like well i already have some in my hand all right walks away throws some up in the air <laughs> well that's one minute in the corner one minute uh, lebron james did on the way out yeah <laughs> it's like ah, okay uh, honestly i'm not Peace, playground aid <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> it's like okay whatever uh, wasn't even the teacher Respect, son. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's the same high or it's the same school I went to high school at. So I was like, uh -huh. yeah, I, and I got I had was in trouble at that school a lot. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, still keeping the legend alive. It's cool. <laughs> oh, you're John's kid. <laughs> That's actually happened during the interview. <laughs> we had a lot of teachers come up to me and like, oh, we heard stories about you. Like, oh, man. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and uh, get the show on the road, starting with uh, John. What are you drinking? Uh, I am going to have uh, I had a couple of beers from these people before I had their pistachio beer it was really good. Their almond it was OK, but this is a tangerine cream ale. Uh, by Indeed Brewing. So I'm thinking something along the lines of like an orange creamsicle. So. Nice. Um, so I'm not sure which IPA 
I want to start with. So I actually kind of want your opinion on this one, John. Okay. Um, There's a first. I know you've had one. Oh, okay. Because uh, you gave it to me. Ah. Uh, so I have yet to have this year's Waldo. Oh, okay. Okay. So I've got I've got 2022 Waldo. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've had this one. It is a beer you're familiar with, though. So this okay. is Block 15's Sticky Hands, but it is the 2022 Brewer's Cut of Sticky oh, Hands. okay. Which, instead of being a two-hop blend, like the normal one is, is a six-hop blend. Well, okay. The Waldo's is a decent beer, but it is a big beer. And it is only 12 ounces. Right. Um, I mean, are those the two you have for today? I have one more, but it's a stout, and I'm going to finish with that. Oh, okay. Honestly, I mean, I, I'd actually probably go with the Block 15. Block 15 first? Okay. Yeah, just just because, uh, you know, the Waldos is a good beer that you can at least still age for another year if you wanted to and mm-hmm. be fine with, um, or as a good nightcap. So it's probably not a good beer to start off with. Okay. It was good this year. It wasn't like their best, but it was good. Right. So, yeah, this is the Block 15 Sticky Hands, which is a, um, if you've never had Sticky Hands, never heard of it, uh, if you think some of the dankest, strongest, oiliest uh, West Coast IPAs that are out there, this is near the top of that list. Uh, It is very, very good. It's a very excellent West Coast IPA, but you have to really like hops. Yes. Um, I mean, Brewer's it is a West cut, Coast hop. Yeah. The Brewer's Cut, actually, if I might say, is slightly milder than the regular Sticky Hands because there's a little bit more of like this lemon zing to it right off the start. And it actually hmm. balances the beer much better, <laughs> in my opinion, than the standard. Um so if you can find a, a four pack of this or even a, a single, it's worth trying. Yeah, I probably will. So anyway, block Eight. fifteen, sticky hands, twenty twenty two brewers cut. Uh seven point eight point one. Eight point one percent. Uh we do have a couple people chiming in with uh their beverages. We've got Michael with the flying dog double dog eighteen triple IPA, eighteen percent. Jeez. Three point eight five and untapped. How does a three? How does a triple IPA eighteen percent only get a three point eight five? Well, I mean, it could just taste like malt liquor. It could. You're flirting with some lines there, to be to be sure. Devel Hub's got a toppling Goliath Radiant Haze IPA seven percent gets a four point oh one on untapped. Uh, Meow Tuna is having an epic brewing out of Salt Lake City Hop Zombie. Oh, yeah, I have seen that flying dog before. That's why it sounded Arizona Motorheads uh. sipping on a Cap'n and Coke. Uh, zero sugar is actually not bad. I don't mind a Coke Zero and and rum. Uh, normally, I can't stand most artificial sweeteners. Um, I, I don't like Stevia. I don't like aspartame. I don't yeah. like Splenda. Um, just, ah. Uh, but uh, in mixed drinks, sometimes I'll make an exception. 
Uh, Sean's actually having a very interesting one. It is a brewery from here, but it's their other brewery that is in New Mexico, and that's Ex Novo. Ex Novo, yeah. Yes. Mass Ascension IPA, but it is brewed in New Mexico. Nice. So you, sir, are drinking a beer from a brewer that's probably like 15 minutes from my work. So, yep. Well, the main one. Yeah. Good times. Uh, let's see. Kren chimes in with his uh, usual and customary two Aussie bucks to say good day, mates. Good day. All right. Uh, Jeremy's got a cherry Coke. Nice. Uh, Maddie Dew's drinking a water and zero sugar Mountain Dew. Uh, we have a standard that are a favorite amongst the show here. Uh, Starbucks Tech, Stone Brewers here, and Movie Lions Double Hazy IPA. Mm. Mm. Uh, yes, very good beer. Very good beer. We've had it a number of times on the show. My show, your show, the live shows. Yep. It appears often. Movie Lions is such a good beer. Yep. It, it, it is one of my favorites from Stone. Uh, let's see. Uh, American Cosworth, say innocent Pinot Noir. Uh, drinking a, a local wine. Fancy. That, that winery is actually 15 minutes from my house. <laughs> <laughs> so again, speaking of... Uh, Hitting close to home here. Um, it's 11 a.m. in Melbourne, so I've got a sugar-free V energy drink for now. That's from uh, Morky. Morkai. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Good lineup, everyone. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into the news. And uh, I warn Sorry. you, the news is a little bit sporadic tonight. Yeah. Uh, usually, like, before the release of something like we know AMD 7000s on the on the horizon we know RTX 4000s on the horizon we know Intel Raptor Lake is on the horizon we know Intel Alchemist is on the horizon um there's like one story per everything <laughs> uh so instead of getting like a lot of graphics card leaks we have like one GPU leak one CPU leak uh we do have a GPU story about pricing. We've got uh, a new product from Asus that's kind of competing with like single board computers, uh, SBC kind of stuff. Uh, and then we have like a lot of random, some of them follow up, some of them like new stories, but nothing is related tonight. So don't try to like listen to this in one sitting. The same way, that was be very interesting. <laughs> right. It's, it's a weird night to try to navigate the news. Anyway, starting off, uh, we all knew that graphics card prices were coming down, but the average GPU price has halved since January of this year. So uh, we knew the prices and, and the floor was just going to fall out from underneath uh, GPUs when the mining crash eventually happened. And we all knew it was on the horizon. We all knew it was it was probably an inevitability this year but how suddenly and how quickly it actually crashed. And I mean, this chart kind of says everything. Average MSRP over time, you can see $315 cards back in 2019 fell all the way to $267 on average and then rose to $1,077 at their peak in quarter three, 2021. 
Uh, but we've been on the decline really since quarter four uh, of 2021, but you can see the massive decline since then. Uh, we're not quite back down to uh, 2019 level pricing, but I think that is more a symptom of GPUs themselves simply being more expensive. And I've, I've talked about this a couple of times where NVIDIA has been stepping up their tiers as far as pricing segments go. The 60 series used to be your $220, you know, entry to low mid-level graphics card. The 70 series used to be somewhere around $350 to $400. And the 80 series used to be, you know, $500 or $600. And then you got your Titans, which could go all the way to a thousand, but even that was kind of rare. Uh, starting with Turing, we started seeing that 80, 80 series jump up a couple hundred bucks to 799 instead of 599. We saw the 700 or the 70 series jump up a couple hundred bucks. The 60 series jumped up a couple hundred bucks. Even the 50 series uh, with the, uh, the non-RTX cards, the GTX 1660 and so on those were still pushing $300, $350 in most cases. Uh, and we're seeing the same thing again with uh, Ampere-based cards, where the 60 series is selling for $400. That's double the price of what that same tier of graphics card was just two and a half years ago. So I don't think this is quite the accurate chart uh, as far as the average MSRP because the prices of GPUs themselves for the bang for buck that you get is actually much more expensive these days. Now, they're faster cards, but obviously they're faster cards. Well, yeah, I mean... It's <laughs> Except for the RX 6500. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, I mean, this is also just really nice to see. Uh, I, even I'm seeing more availability. Price cuts are going down. It's still not like... What it was is quite obvious, but yes, you know, that mm -hmm. 10, uh, 1077, you know, that was uh, early, early last year. And man, I mean, we were talking about that for a long time. Just like, It's ridiculous. I think, although you probably bought it around the 940 <laughs> time or when did you buy your cards? I don't want to talk <laughs> about like, it. It's like the tier. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Um, if I had to put it on the map... Um, I bought my RX 6900 XT right here in Q1, and I bought my RTX 3090 in Q3. <laughs> um, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I don't want to talk about those prices right now. Uh, you're like, I could have bought a used car for my daughter. <laughs> Access Actually, truth. yes, I could have bought. <laughs> I could have bought a daily driver for what I paid for those two cards combined. Not a beater, but like a nice, like 2011 sedan. <laughs> like oh. I, I, I paid Chevy Cruze money. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I, I think my eBay totals were $2,700 for the 3090 and $1,699 for the RX 6900 XT. Now, I needed those cards for specific projects. And at the time, because I'm not necessarily the biggest name GPU reviewer, um, and I was asking later into the cycle when it's like, yeah, we don't have any cards at all. 
we're not yeah. we're not getting press cards anymore. So literally no one could find me anything. Um I mean this was the the time that even Linus couldn't get cards. He you know, he would ask for a review sample or or had a project and they're like, We have nothing to sell you. Yeah. So. <laughs> you have to return it. <laughs> oh yeah. no, we can't. <laughs> yeah. Um all the GPU reviews that I did last year, uh I had like three or four different AMD cards and I think I did one NVIDIA card. All of those were loners, yeah. which is weird for this industry. Uh, usually OEMs want you to keep the card so you can use it multiple times over the course of six months or a year, use it in a, in a build or two, you know, do a comparison video like six months or a year from now. Yeah. Um, saying, hey, can you do a one-off review and then return it is really, really bizarre. Please don't break it. Don't overclock it. Don't do anything. Just benchmark it. That's all you get right, to do. Right. <laughs> and, it was re- and it was really fun because we always tear apart cards, you know. And and yeah, so oh, yeah. if you're the third one on the list, it's like, yeah, I need to put new uh, new memory pads on this one. <laughs> uh, we do have a super chat, uh, but it's good news. The only reason I'm bringing it up is Tech Geek, a very favorite fan of the show. I've been around for a long time. Evening, yes. gents. Talked to my boss and took him up on his offer to for a promotion to a supervisor role at another nearby location, 50% pay increase, full-time with benefits, and I'll get uh, the keys to the kingdom. Gonna be a fun time. Thank you, sir. Congratulations. Excellent. And glad you know what you're worth. Nothing like a 50% pay raise, let me tell you. There's nothing, there's really nothing more life-changing without like winning the lottery. Yeah. than getting a 50% pay bump. So congratulations. Good yeah. luck. We all, good luck. Yeah, we always talk. It's one of the questions we get asked a lot of, what do I get charge or ask for for yeah. a pay raise? And we always just sit there saying, that's not what we talk about. Know your worth. Mm-hmm. Tech geek, again, he knew what it was worth and he went for it. And sometimes you just shoot for the moon, you know, yep. be like, yep. this. So congrats, man. I've I've done a number of negotiations for myself, both for contract purposes as well as for employment purposes. Um, I've been on the other side of the table where uh, I've I've talked wages and offered jobs and things like that, and and had to go to negotiation over those. So uh, yeah, it's it's always an interesting thing because as an employer, I always wanted to. I always wanted to give the most to my employees. I, I was always advocating for raises for them. I was always yeah. advocating for, you know, better benefits, more time off, that kind of thing. And and trying to get them the best schedules and work-life balance and everything else that I could. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I've always been of the philosophy I don't like paying people for time. I like paying people for the work that they do. And if you're happy and you're working and the work is getting done, I'm not going to question if you leave the office 10 minutes early. I'm not going to question if you, you know, hey, I need to go pick up my my daughter at three o'clock today. Yeah, cool. Because I know you're good for it. And I know you'll finish the job tomorrow if it's not already done. And, And that's never been a big deal with me. But when you work for organizations and corporations that, literally charge to the second and and hold you accountable for like why did you clock out three minutes early this day you know what go eat shit. <laughs> yeah yeah i know you left two minutes early for lunch uh 
I was also in 10 minutes early and started work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. People say the new, yeah. People say the new craze is uh, silent quitting where you do like the minimum amount of work and to, to keep your job. Um, that's what you get. If the only criteria you measure is how long they're on the clock. Yeah. Is you get people who don't care. Uh, if, if you care about your employees, guess what? They might care about the work that they do and you'll get a better result in a faster time. Yeah. <laughs> because you have to be good to people. I, I don't know where along the line we lost that concept, but yeah. Um, I mean, I even deal with that, you know, now. Uh, I mean, Rhett works for me, uh, essentially works full time for me, um, but he's on contract. I don't care what time he shows up. I don't care if he's going to be late today or needs to leave early or anything. It's like, I'm contracting you to do a job. I, I'm not contracting you to sit in my office, you know, until just, 5 p.m. TM every day. Yeah. <laughs> Never the made work, sense to me. Yeah. the work Un Unless it's done. like a cashier or, or, you know, like a customer facing, we are open business hours, et cetera. Like yeah. there needs to be someone there and you need to be able to conduct business. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about, well, there's also, you know, that, that you have to take pride in in your work as a, a person too. Don't take advantage also. that There, right. there is that, that balance, you know. Right. There are people out there that take advantage of that type of generosity, no problem. Um, so yeah, it, it's not always, but yeah. Just because your job might need you to be time requirement of like, hey, you're a bank teller or you're a restaurant, um, right. you know, uh, and, and you have to be, you're promised to be open at this time. You know, right. if you're if you're Domino's Pizza, a delivery guy, you can't just go, well, I'm, I did my delivery today, you know. Right. No, we have deliveries for the whole day. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't necessarily speaking to uh, like, direct customer facing retail or yeah. hours of operations. I was talking more to, um, it's like project based project based. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously stores have hours. You need to have store hours. Customers need to expect they can come in and buy something within those time frames. Yeah. You got to have someone at the register, whether they're working or not. Um, yeah. but the same kind of rules apply like me as a business owner, if my employee needs to leave at three o'clock one day, guess what? That's probably on me to fill that that void. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I mean, and then it, there, there's a number that you know too. That employee also then works hard and makes up. Says, "Boss, I'll, I'll make up." You know, uh, you you see that as right. an employer, he works hard and mm -hmm. he's asking, "Hey, as a, I, I need this. Can I have?" Okay, you're a hard worker. Yep. You know, but if the person's constantly showing up late. And saying, "Hey, I need to be. Uh, I need to get out of here two hours early." You're always late. You know, yeah. you're always you're slacking off. You're doing the bare minimum, essentially. Um, I've given you the benefit of the doubt. There's been plenty of strikes on you. I could have fired you, but I didn't. Um, so, well, now you're getting into specifics. I, I think you have like <laughs> names in mind. <laughs> That'd be me I was talking. The boss. I was talking generalities, like, <laughs> like you know. And, I, and again, in general, if the, if the work gets done and deadlines are met, I have are, are met. I have no problem. Oh, yeah. with anything. Yeah. Well, uh, my owning that bar and having a couple of bad bartenders. Just like, <laughs> what? Yeah. What did you say? What was your excuse again? 
oh man it's like oh no 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. like uh i'm sorry i don't get paid here i don't take tips so you're actually getting tips from my work uh and i give you a free drink at the end of the night what is your problem again <laughs> And basically, you're just sitting around getting to watch TV all day yeah. and pour beer. Right. Now, mind you, it's Star Trek you have to watch, sure. But <laughs> at least it wasn't like TOS or the cartoon series. Yep. Uh, oh, you wouldn't force the animated series on anyone, would you? No. Well, oh. I mean, educational purposes. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I believe it is required watching to go through everything, which is yes. why I've decided I can't crap on Discovery until I watch Discovery. Uh, <laughs> because I've watched everything else. Like, like I, I've watched the entire original series. I don't know that I've seen every episode of the animated series, but I've watched enough to get the gist of it. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I've obviously watched completely through multiple times TNG, DS9, Voyager. Um Enterprise, I can't say again that I've seen every episode, but I've seen well over 70%. And so it's like, I don't know that I need to sit through and watch it to get an understanding. Yeah. But Discovery, I checked out early. I went like two episodes oh, and I went, I'm done. No, I, yeah. I, I can't. So you and, saw uh, that Klingon makeup? Nope. No, it wasn't uh, even that. It, it wasn't it was. even aesthetics because there's always aesthetic differences between uh between shows but depending on who the showrunner is depending on who they hired for yeah. makeup and costuming and, and director's vision and the vision of everyone they hired there's always differences and there's always someone that's trying to put their mark on something and so trying to i can't believe i'm gonna bring up tolkien uh trying to <laughs> uh, yeah, how many comments are we gonna get off just from that oh good god <laughs> i love the comment section of my of our last talking heads because it just cemented the criticism that I had towards the comments that were coming because... Every, yeah. Everyone just read the title. They're like, I don't want to listen to that one part that we're talking about. Let's just read the title and then just comment, comment, yeah. comment. It's like, what? I, I don't think I've ever had a subject on Talking Heads that I got the, the word vomit on a page like last week. Uh, I, I've never had a subject where I've talked about something and and had an opinion. And in this case, it was quit being a bunch of racists, you bastards. Uh, and people go, that's a bad take, bro, because it's also a bad story. <laughs> like, okay, we didn't talk about the story. We both sat there and stated, we didn't see that. We're critiquing the other part. Yeah, I'm we critiquing that, you like, all being a bunch of racist bastards. And they're like, yeah. yeah. But but the story stucks too, and I'm like, yeah, it might. That's not what. Yeah. That's not what we talked about. Yeah. We didn't yeah. literally. We literally <laughs> didn't say that multiple times. They even quoted me. one guy quoted me. <laughs> the only other time I've gotten that reaction is when I said wine is an emulator of sorts. Oh, I remember that. And one. when I wrote that phrase, I wrote that very specifically. Um, Gosh, we are just going all through the weeds today. Um, <laughs> first story, we're into the weeds. Um, uh, when I write scripts, um, I do what I like to call the Penn and Teller approach. And what I mean by that is, is if you've ever seen Fool Us, it's their, their oh, yeah. Vegas show 
where Penn and Teller invite magicians to perform for them. And the idea is that Penn and Teller have to guess how the trick was performed. And if the magician fools them, guess what? They get a trophy and, and whatnot, and a giant FU and, and things like that. Um, when I say the Penn and Teller method, what I'm talking about is after the trick has been performed, Penn and Teller will kind of converse with themselves, or at least Penn will talk and Teller will listen. Uh, um, they, and they, they discuss what's going on. They discuss what's going on, and then and then Penn will say, uh, you know, uh, you really had us fooled there with the, uh, um, like, they'll use... The, John, the John's handshake. No, the, they'll, they'll, use they'll, these... they'll use very, uh, uh, very strong worded references that are very, very specific. Yeah. Um, they'll... Uh, it's uh, a boy, you really, you really, you really pulled the wool over our eyes on that, and they'll stress that part. You know, you really pulled the wool over our eyes, and to the audience, they're not revealing anything. Yeah, they're telling the the magician, "We think you have you fooled, and here's, or we think we have it down, and here's how, here's our explanation." And the magician will either go, "Oh yeah, no, it was totally the wool," and and then. The magicians are now on the same page. They're in the know. They are people who I don't have to explain what sudo in Linux does. They're the yeah. people that I don't have to explain what a compatibility layer or a driver or a kernel is. You use those exact phrases and those exact correct terminologies because in, in one very short sentence, I can get all of the experts and all of the people who already know everything that I'm talking about onto the same page. For everyone else, I've just given the Google search term if you want to yes. learn what this actually is. Um, and so when I wrote, wine is an emulator of sorts, it's because the closest thing that you can get to a compatibility layer is another technology that everyone already knows, which is emulation. And emulation comes in many forms. And in fact, compatibility layer, the definition on Wikipedia at the time that I wrote that, was a form of emulation, a form of high-level emulation. Yeah. Um, did it need long-winded paragraphs and, and word vomit and, and literally people writing books to me about how wrong I was to compare wine? They named it not an emulator for a reason. I know. But if you're fooling the, the software to run on hardware or software it's not supposed to, that's still a form of high-level emulation. Yes. It was getting us all on the same page so we can move on, not to have the argument about whether or not wine is emulation. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it, I, I do that kind of writing. I do that kind of explanation. And I like it when people do that because it makes videos and scripting and everything else so much simpler and it gets everyone on the same page at the same time and we can move on to the next subject um let's see is it sudo or sudo uh technically it is sudo uh but also technically it's gif so i'm gonna say mine my way you say yours the other way guess what we both know what we're talking about yeah and neither of us is wrong, because that's how communication works. <laughs> I like how one article 
got us talking about <laughs> GPU prices, the amount you overspent, Star Trek, employment, uh, uh, salaries, salaries. <laughs> all because of GPU price. Oh, yeah, GPU prices. That's how we the roll around trip. here. You, you got to be ready to pivot. <laughs> you know who else is always ready to pivot? Today's sponsor, Linode. If you ever wanted to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business, but don't have the resources to invest into hardware, power, cooling, time, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it will run on Linode. That includes the software for most of my tutorials on the channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateways, uh, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode also announced last year they were the first alternative provider to start giving NVMe block storage to all customers. Last year, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates remained at the same low price they always have been. Visit Linode.com and slash Craft Computing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's Linode.com slash Craft Computing. And again, a huge thanks to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, Linode. I was going to say, I like calling it pseudo-sue, like the beer. Pseudo-sue? <laughs> Toppling Goliath. <laughs> well, that that's that's quasi Sue though. It, it's pseudo Sue. Sue. <laughs> it's fake Sue. Yeah. Um, so the original creator of GIF named it GIF and wanted it to be named GIF. And I feel if you created something that is noteworthy and continues on, you get naming rights to it. That that's basic geography, astronomy, everything else. If you discover a, a, a moon, you get to name that moon. I mean, that's how it's always worked. Um, unless you were Columbus and go like, screw you, Leaf, I'm, I'm naming this. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I was looking into pseudo and uh, and I just had the conversation about GIFs and, uh, and someone brought up, uh, you know, it's supposed to be pronounced pseudo, right? You know, well, that doesn't sound right. Every single person I've ever known in this industry has said pseudo, or yeah. at least they've written pseudo. Am I saying it wrong? And I asked like all of my, I asked all of my colleagues and they're like, no, 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 it's pseudo. And I said, that's what I thought. Until I get online and uh, the creator of the command says, no, it's supposed to be sudo, super user do, do. action. <laughs> and I went, well, that's just shit. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of makes sense when you put it that way. Yeah. So. Is yeah. it SQL or is it SQL? <laughs> oh, it's SQL. It's SQL. <laughs> oh, I'm an SQL guy. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I call it both, honestly. Yeah. I, I prefer SQL. <laughs> So yeah, again, communication. Call it what you want. As long as your point gets across, it's still valid. Yeah. I know it's Ubuntu. If you say Ubuntu, guess what? Everyone know. still knows what you're talking about. Well, there's probably going to be some other version that like, oh, we're purposely going to make it sound more like that. It's technically <laughs> new Linux. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is GNU Linux. Yeah. Ah. People suck. <laughs> I think that's what we learned in that article. People sucked. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, there are some leaks. And I say leaks because, man, we're really close to release. We've already seen, like, Zotac cards pictured with, like, rounded edges. Um, and uh, we're getting some what look like finalized specs for RTX 4090 and 4080-based GPUs. Uh, they're purported to have 16 gigs and 12 gigs, respectively, of GDDR6X. Uh, sorry, the 4090 24, will have 24. Yeah. The 4080 will have either 12 or 16, depending on the variant that you get. And both cards, both the 12 and 16 gig cards, will launch simultaneously. So you can choose if you need 12 or if you need 16. Kind of a weird that is a very place odd... to split it. Yeah. As, okay. as, if, as if NVIDIA needed excuses for more SKUs. Uh, anyway, the... Uh, RTX 4090 is going to use an AD102 based GPU die with 16,384 CUDA cores up from the current generation 3090 of, what is it, 10,768? Um, or the 11,000 you can get on the 3090 Ti and the uh, Ampere A100. Uh, boost clock of up to 2,500 megahertz and 24 gigs of GDDR6 memory supposedly clocked at 21 gigabit per second. Uh, it will reach the same one terabyte of bandwidth capacity that the RTX 3090 Ti did, uh, but have significantly more CUDA horsepower behind it, supposedly up to double the performance of the current 3090. Uh, the 3080 is going to debut with, again, both 16 or 12 gigabytes of video memory, uh, and they all actually will also be two different dies. Uh, with the 4080 coming in with the AD103 and 9,728 CUDA cores, very similar specs, GDDR6 and 23 gigabit per second uh, memory bandwidth. Interestingly enough, faster memory bandwidth than the 4090. Eh. Uh, lastly, the RTX 4080 12 gig will come in with an AD104 with 7,680 CUDA cores and boost up to 2,600 megahertz, so slightly higher boost. Not unusual for a slightly stripped down uh, GPU model. 12 gigs of GDDR6X and 21 gigabit per second modules. Uh, the interesting thing is the lower of these three cards, <clears throat> the 4080 12 gig, is going to have a TDP of 285 watts. Uh, so, and it can go all the way up to 366 watts under full load. Uh, that's going to be a big power break. You're going to be a big power supply. Sorry, you're going to need. Yeah, uh, I mean all of these. I mean the 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 twenty the forty ninety. You need a five hundred watt power supply just for the car. Six hundred sixty watts. Yeah. Six hundred sixty well, watts. The current thirty ninety. I think draws somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 at peak. Um, so 660 watts just for the GPU. With with some of the higher end CPUs that are coming out with the 180 watt TDP, we're nearly seeing 
1,000 watts of draw just from CPU and GPU combos, not including the rest of your system, not including the the five to six watts a piece for for dim slots or or your three or four watts for your your NVMe or whatever spinning storage or anything else that you have. A thousand watts just <laughs> in the CPU and GPU. I mean, if you had one of these computers like Max out, basically you wanted to go by the top of everything, top of the line of everything, you're going to need a dedicated circuit in your house just to run that computer, essentially. And then you will see your power supply just start spinning like mad the moment the, you turn that thing you off. You realize 1300 watts is a 15 amp circuit, right? Is a yeah. 15 amp 110 circuit, right? <laughs> I know, yeah, you're going to blow your house. Yeah. If, if you just tried plugging that in and boom, you're going to probably blow the house you try playing any game. Well, you probably wouldn't max it out, but still. Uh, right. Someone someone puts a vacuum on the same circuit. There it goes. There, you're well, going to blow. Think of some, some newer like monitors. Uh, my monitor is an Aorus 43 inch 144 hertz panel. Uh, it's. It by itself can draw like 75 watts. And that doesn't sound like a whole lot. Like, you know, oh, when you or I were in high school, like 75 watts, that was a light bulb. Yeah. Uh, now with LEDs, it's like, oh yeah, it's six watts for the same amount of light, right? Um, well, so our circuits like gr dramatically dropped in power and, and power load went down. Uh, we're in a day and age with computers now that, we're going to start pushing those household circuits again. Yep. Remember your nope. lighting needing like four separate circuits in your house just in case you <laughs> turned on all the lights at once? Yes. Oh, gosh. Now I can turn uh, every light in my house on full blast and it's like 120 watts. <laughs> I know. I have batteries that are technically more powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was, although looking at this was funny... I all I kept imagining was when you're going through the spec, they reminded me of something um, because we were talking about the 3080, you know, when it was rumored. This was years ago. Yep. Uh, and we were looking at the specs and be like, oh my gosh, and the price, there's no way this is going to be the greatest thing ever. All this kind of reminded me of, <clears throat> and you've watched Top Gear before. Oh, of course. And especially the British one, the good one the original one, uh, when they were talking about the Bugatti Veyron mm -hmm. and being like, impossible. The, the idea of having a thousand horsepower in a street legal car mm -hmm. breaking, uh, I think it was like 250 miles an hour. Right. And then I just went and looked up, like, what's the top car? It's, it's again, another Bugatti. It's the Bugatti Siron. Uh -huh. Yeah. 304. Yeah. And it's just like, what were we in awe of back then? Just the leaps and bounds now of everything. The amount of power it's taking to do that is tremendous, right. right? obviously. But, wow, technology and everything is just pushing so much faster and farther. And the amount of cores and, and memory we're able to have is just intense. You know, like you were talking about, like having a, a 7080 was a couple, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, or was decent you know i could do whatever i want right yeah. 1080 1070 right you know was oh i could do whatever i want this is great um two gigs four gigs i'm fine we're talking at 24 gigs here <laughs> you know um 
This is also to be, to be fair. I do. I did buy the 3090 specifically for video editing because I I edit uh, uh, ProRes LT. That's what I shoot yeah. pretty much all my videos in, and uh, it takes a fair amount of memory to to keep that cranking. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I I I'll, I'll easily use 12 to 16 gigs in a, in a single single cut. Uh, so it's great that I have it. Um, Still don't like what I paid for it, and I'm even more upset that I can buy one on eBay right now for $750. Yeah. Not even but kidding. I, <laughs> I want to buy one just to piss myself off. <laughs> Tell you what, you want to piss yourself off really a lot? Buy one and then just give it to me. Right. For free. Just let me have it. Yeah, I'll... Boy, that's a tempting offer. <laughs> if you really want to piss yourself off, Jeff, I will let you do that. Yeah. I mean, I have a 3070 I'm not even using. That's what pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm using it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, like, render some crappy HTML website. No, no, no. It looks great on my shelf. <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, Intel Arc is in the news. Or maybe it's not. Or maybe it's canceled. Or maybe it's not. Who actually knows? Um, so Intel's yet to be released officially. However, they've gotten some Eastern uh, region releases. Uh, stateside, I think Asus has the only official one that's out in the A380, and it's still the the lower tier of the card. We're still waiting for A770s to hit. Um, and already we're hearing like rumors that Arc is circling the drain, like like Intel is thinking internally about canceling the entire program, enterprise, consumer, everything, all in all one right. shot. Um, well, yeah, that's uh, according to uh, Moore's Law is dead. That's kind of the feeling with uh, some internal Intel insiders about Arc GPUs. Uh, that uh, even though Alchemist kind of made its its soft launch and whatnot, they're not happy with the performance. They're not happy with uh, uh, the early results, the early turnouts uh, with the market, and they're just thinking about folding it. Which seems so bizarre that you would invest literally billions of dollars. Uh, I mean, coming up with your own technology, graphics technology, is not a cheap business. And it's why yeah. AMD and NVIDIA have no competition is the only people who can get into competition with, with AMD and NVIDIA are someone like Intel, maybe Apple. It's a pretty short list. Uh, yeah. Qualcomm may be on that list in the fringes, uh, but it's a very, very short list. Um, Anyway, I don't have any direct news. I don't have any direct uh, anything that I can really report on other than the rumors are out there. I have talked to at least one person uh, who, not going to name, not even going to drop any hints, who does have more direct contacts and says that they don't think the rumors are accurate. Um, so that's my my only 
insight into the situation. Yeah. It is definitely weird. And it's definitely weird that Intel is not making a stance on this one way or the other. Uh, like I said, if you were releasing a product, you'd be shouting it to the mountaintops going, we're entering this market. We're, yeah. we're trying to make a <clears throat> splash. We're, we're doing this. They're going to be this price there. Intel has done none of that. And Intel traditionally does all of that. Um, they go full media blitz with a lot of their, their different product lines and, and, and SKUs and everything else. Um, the fact that they did a soft, excuse me, a soft launch of both XE graphics and the A380, the Alchemist A380, um, definitely shows they don't have very much confidence in the product right now. But everything that I've heard is there's so much potential with the product. And I think killing it would be a huge mistake on Intel's part. But well, we talked about it. Yeah, it was... Me. <laughs> yeah, we we talked about Intel going into the arc, um, and it being a we thought a, a really good decision, especially for you know the lighter laptops, um, surfaces, phones, whatnot. Mm -hmm. Just the smaller devices. Uh, it, it makes sense. Like I guess the only thing that would be bad is if for some reason they aren't getting the performance they were thinking of, uh, and then they just don't want to embarrass themselves or or it's constantly dying i don't know but the thing is though uh what happened to ryzen you know um and in their first release it was okay you know you release it out but it's it was all right it was not it was competitive all... it was not yeah. competitive in every single area it was competitive in very specific areas and that was targeting the high-end desktop multi-threaded market yeah. And right off the bat, Ryzen did change that market. And that's kind of what I've said all along when I, when I first heard the rumors that Intel was going to resurrect their GPU project, which had failed multiple times over throughout, throughout the last decade, um, is you don't have to compete top to bottom in every single market and every single SKU and every single price point right off the bat. You have to be competitive in one. You have to show that there's value in your product, even if it's this sliver of the market that you slide out for yourself. And from what I was hearing, Intel was kind of doing that. Now, they're definitely not... First-gen Intel, I don't think is ready for prime time because it's not very backwards compatible. DX12 and Vulkan, oh, Definitely a good product. Yeah. Uh, DX11, backwards compatibility, DX9, there's like no support. <laughs> uh, they, the, the results are laughably bad. But that's because the focus has been on getting modern SKUs, modern APIs up and running and compatible and, and getting the drivers ready to roll. Uh, and you start from the current and then you work your way back. Whereas NVIDIA and AMD both have... 25 30 years of driver experience to lean on they know all the optimizations they've already made and the optimizations they either made and then moved on to a new architecture they're strong enough they could just brute force their way through it because yeah. let's face it graphics technology from eight years ago you don't really need a lot of power to run i mean crisis will run on integrated graphics now for for god's sakes yeah um but even if Intel came in and they said, we're going to be competitive between $200 and 
that's still a shot across the bow. That is still showing you the market yeah. that you're here to play. Uh, and and even if there's even if there's hiccups, even if there's there's you know, Ryzen certainly had its first first and second generation hiccups as far as memory compatibility, uh, odd issues, incompatibilities with uh, with with certain I mean, workloads and software. Maybe they're just yeah. like we don't want to be the underdog anymore. We're we're always considered the top dog, so we can't start below our belts. I don't know. I mean, we don't know. We're speculating still, right. but uh, uh, there is very little information. But I don't. It just doesn't make sense um, that they would back off on something like this. We don't know if they are. It's just a rumor that they might back off. But maybe they're taking a step back. I I hope they're not, and I hope yep. they don't take too long to launch it because then it's going to definitely be obsolete because by the time if you wait too long on a lot of this stuff you know a year or two it's like yeah well someone else was already working on something this is not that great you know and you lost a lot of money yeah but sunk cost fallacy aside i think spending multiple billions of dollars uh to the tune of somewhere probably between three and four billion dollars and not even producing a product out of it or producing a product in yeah. such limited quantities that will never be I think that's also a very bad move. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, you know, even if even if the results, you know, even if in their second generation or third generation the results go, you know what, we didn't scale it as high as we wanted to go, but man, we're now competitive with AMD APUs. We, we now have technology that we can compete with AMD's 5700G or whatever their current generation APU happens to be. Um, Intel can go, look, we're not going to produce uh, a 6900 XT competitor. But if you're buying a, uh, a motherboard and a CPU, right now, Intel integrated graphics, while they've made decent strides over the years, they are laughably slow compared to even Vega 8. Um, yeah. And... Uh, you know, even if what they learn with Intel XE and Alchemist just makes them better with integrated graphics, that still keeps Intel competitive at every level of the market in the CPU and APU marketplace. So there's still value in continuing that research. Yeah. In my opinion. But I'm definitely not Pat Gelsinger. I'm definitely not uh, Roger Kaduri. I definitely have no specific insight <laughs> into that market or uh anything related to it i'm just a guy with an opinion anyway we did miss a couple of super chats we did. Uh, uh let's see cosworth chimed in with five dollars looks like gpu prices are being a victim of inflation as well uh that was referencing the bottoming out but not quite coming all the way down to the bottom no uh, this predates the the record inflation which i I have my own personal views on the use of the word inflation in, in today's market. I think it's supply and demand at work, um, which does impart inflation. But uh, I think the majority is short supply, high demand uh, for pretty much every product. There's not an industry that has not been touched in the last two and a half years by COVID-19 and everything else, all the fallout from that. There's been short supply in every single raw material, every single industry, every single shipping yard, both shipping and receiving on all corners of the globe. And it's probably going to be another five, six, seven, eight years before we completely dig our way back out. 
I don't think that's inflation. I think that's supply demand. Uh, I, I think it's narrower focus than just saying, oh, the dollar is worth less. I think it's harder to get things, and so people are willing to spend a higher price. Which, you could argue therefore is inflation, yeah. but therefore companies are like going, oh, we can charge a higher price, cool. Um, which, yes, both of those things lead to inflation, but I don't think inflation is the root cause. I think it's it's a symptom of supply and demand. But again, I'm not an economist. I This is not financial advice. It's not why you tune into this channel. We don't do that on this show. We, we talk yeah. tech, beard, Star Trek. Yep. <laughs> and employment negotiations. Uh, Cosworth, $2. Wine. Wine is not an emulator. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Back they to say. that argument. Uh, Denvera sends over $2. Thank you very much. Uh, chiming in with Phil Collins' favorite Linux command, Susu Sudo. Whoa. Uh, Denver, another $2. Uh, should have gotten a 5700G and 128 gigabytes of VRAM. Uh, <laughs> I think he's talking to John on he was, uh, the he was talking video to me. editing. Yeah, he was talking to me. We were chatting. Although I, I told him, you know, uh, Ryzen and uh, Adobe don't really like each other that well a lot of times. Yep. All right. Uh, how's uh, your beer doing? I was gonna say, did I already finished mine? Did you, did you open yours? I, I had so, a tiny bit left in the bottom of oh, my can, okay. so I just went I ahead saw, and poured it. I saw you poured, and uh, I was like, oh, it's seven, and I had like a sip, so I was like, I'll finish it off. So yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna intro your next one. <clears throat> All right, so I am doing Weldworks Brewing Company. There, <clears throat> this is another light beer. It's a watermelon cotton candy sour. So sour cotton candy sour ale. It's a sour ale with cotton candy, uh, milk sugar, watermelon juice, and natural flavors. So yay! Nice. And I was relaxing today, and I was like, ah, I just want something light. Uh, so Novella says, no jacket required craft computing, referencing the Phil Collins album that has Susu Studio. Uh, and uh, that's the one with the merry-go-round on the CD jacket. I know because I still have that CD. Uh, anyway, my second beer is from Lagunitas. It is the Waldo Special Ale oh. Triple IPA, 11.7%. This is an nice. annual release right around... Uh, April, mid-April. Toward the end, it's supposed to be, you know... Slightly more or... towards the end than the beginning. Yeah. Um, But uh, it's released for a, a specific... We can't call it a holiday. <laughs> it's released for certain festivities that happened right around April 15th. Maybe a couple days plus, later. Plus five, yeah. <laughs> Actually, funny enough, um, John, did you look in Battlebridge today on the Discord? Uh, so the admin on Discord, we all have a private chat. I shared an ad that we got approved today. Oh, you I need to watch. You need to watch it after after the show. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of uh, April and what may or may not be the twentieth. <laughs> when did it's, you when? Earlier today. 
it, it was... Oh, there's nothing on Battle Bridge. Yeah, there is. Are you in Ready Room or Battle Bridge? I'm in Battle Bridge. Battle Bridge. Are you sure scroll it wasn't up like... Ready? Oh. Yes. Scroll up like five posts. Oh, I, oh, oh. I, I posted oh. a video link. <laughs> I, <laughs> Don't describe it. Don't describe the thumbnail. I, I didn't... I thought that was like something else. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great thumbnail image too oh it's so great oh my god i thought it was some. that's why i was like yeah i'm looking for something oh, oh no man no, that's funny um so yeah we got an out of proof today that i i wasn't sure what was going on. i i actually was a little anxious about this one <laughs> so everyone knows i love doing funny ads number one they're more fun for me number two they're more engaging with the audience. They get a better response, which means I can charge more money. I mean, that's just the basic economics of me putting a little bit of effort instead of going, today's video is brought to you by blah, 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 blah. Click the link in the description to learn more. Everyone hates that. Everyone skips them. I try to... <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> It's so tough. Oh man, how did that get approved? <laughs> it got approved. <laughs> so, when can we expect to see this new ad? Uh, probably next week. <laughs> oh, that's. Oh, that's a good one, Jeff. That's 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 one of your top ones. That's probably the best Thank one yet you. so far, actually. I mean, that's good... Manscaped set a pretty high bar. <laughs> this one's this one's up there. <laughs> oh, I was like, the thumbnail's funny, but then I saw you. <laughs> oh, oh, that was great. That's good. Oh, I can't wait for this one to go live. I really it's, it's can't. A, it's a good one. So everyone. It's really uh, sad when I get more excited for like, I can't wait for you guys to see the ad in the next video. Like, yeah, it's yeah. going to be some server thing. It's going to be cool. But the ad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, that's great. It's good. Um. So yeah, you got to make sure to like and subscribe to Craft Computing if you like this content. So you'll be up to date. Yep. So hit that and you know, hit that like on here on this video. <laughs> That's great. So so Rhett and I were filming that, and uh, we were cracking up so much even during filming. We've we've got like twenty minutes of bloopers, uh, just from fifteen oh, to twenty five I... seconds of dialogue um in that one uh, <laughs> and, uh oh, um while we were editing just the phrases kept repeating like we're trying to get the the cuts right and and the dialogue on top of each other and everything we're just busting up laughing wait did you did you have those props already no <laughs> you you, specific you know what happened um we uh we came up with this idea for this ad and uh, and we're like, we need a couple wigs. If we're going to do this the way we want to do it, we're going to have to buy a couple wigs. Um, is Spirit Halloween open yet? And Rhett's like, I don't think they are. I haven't even seen their storefront open. And I went, they're open till nine. It says they're open. It's, it's like five o'clock. And I went, they're open till nine. Can we do it? <laughs> and, and he goes, yeah, let's jump in the car. And, and I said, actually, you know what? There's a goodwill on the way. And Goodwill usually has like a little Halloween section. I yeah. don't know if that's up yet, but let's swing in and see. We walked in and we bought Rhett's shirt, Rhett's wig, my shirt, my wig in one shot. 
<laughs> those are some good ones. The, the, uh, there were three wigs. Those were two of them. Oh my gosh. Like, and, and Rhett's is good. Mine is amazing. Yours is amazing. <laughs> oh, it's. <laughs> I can I can see you using it. Although Rhett's like matches Rhett. Oh God, both both our wigs are like perfect. It, they're per, they're great. They're fantastic. But yeah, that was literally just. I drove down to the closest Goodwill and we walked out with two shirts and two <laughs> wigs, and they matched us perfectly. Uh, it's so great. Love it. Oh, we should so, probably yeah. get out. <laughs> I can't wait for this one. <laughs> oh, I'm on my show right now. Ah, uh, it's good. Hi. Hi. So I know what he's saying? Nope. Not gonna put the ear on. Uh-huh. But they all saw you wave. What did he say? Uh, they said, congratulations on kindergarten. Because <gasps> you, cause you started kindergarten. Wow. And I told them you started. Are you having fun? Yeah. Awesome. All right. They love how good I get it. They did. All right. <laughs> say goodnight to everyone. Goodnight. All right. <laughs> <laughs> look look at the battle i just saw it <laughs> yes that that will be an emoji yes. as soon as it goes live uh, and um that is a heavily heavily color graded image i have the original in pro res raw so <laughs> I can color grade it however we want, get all the highlights perfect. Like, Oh, oh, oh trust me, know, it'll be a thing. If, if you can give that to me, I don't know if Rhett's watching, but if you can give that to me, I can go take it to my print company and I can blow it up into a giant poster. <laughs> and then and then we can make Rhett like have to hang it in his living room. I almost made Rhett shave everything and have the mustache again <laughs> oh, for the, for this section of it. <laughs> again without giving away anything uh, like i almost made him just like take it all off again yes yes send me that picture i will get it printed and blown up <laughs> i will put it oh that's perfect I, I i want that in my studio i want that in my background it's so it's, good it's what the, what the guy in the still. 80s didn't have that poster <laughs> like like there was some band that you had a poster and that was the CD cover on on, on that on whatever album Oh that's right yeah of course <laughs> Red's not watching he has internet issues <laughs> uh, Actually he got them fixed I hear he got them fixed so Oh okay um, I also loaned him my Starlink dish. I said, here, go plug this in. You'll have internet. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he did. He he got like 85 megs down, 20 megs up. He goes, I'm happy. He could have done the show then. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, totally could have done the show. Hey, Trippic says he'll be able to join the after show tonight. We'll we'll get some uh, some Kiwi representation back in. There we go. Been missing you. Oh, Where oh, you been? Right. How was the move? Questions for the after show. Hey. We'll get to that. Uh, hey, we're under our fourth story, just an hour and 15 minutes in. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Intel obviously is getting ready to release Raptor Lake sometime in the next month or so. Uh, and Intel is claiming that their top-end Raptor Lake CPUs will have stock boost clocks of up to 6 gigahertz. Now, obviously... The megahertz wars and the gigahertz wars. I mean, that's my bread. That's where I grew up. I grew up on those streets. Uh, you know, we went from 233 to a gigahertz in less than three years. Uh, it, it was some crazy times back then. And back then, it was completely linearly scaled. It was, here's your 233. Oh, here's some process improvements. And here's that same CPU at one gigahertz. It was yep. insanity. Um, so the megahertz wars may be kind of heating back up again. We've been seeing ever since uh, Ampere got released, we've been seeing GPU frequencies hitting like 22, 2300 megahertz, very on the regular. Uh, CPU frequencies, once they hit five gigahertz, they kind of leveled off for a while, but all of a sudden we're going... 535557 five, and now Intel laying it down at 6 gigahertz. I'm here for it. Yeah. No, this <laughs> I, would be great. I I can't wait for battles like this to come back. This is so much fun uh when companies do this. And again, when there's competition, we win as consumers. Now, we may end up with CPUs and GPUs that are extensively draw too much power. And we're kind of seeing that with the 4090 and the uh, alluded to 660 watt power draw just from that. Um, I have power supplies that I use on the regular that are 430, 550 watts, like in that range. Like the thought that I could attach every single rail to a 4090 and it would blow is insane. Like, I understand the 430 if I plugged it into my 3090 going like, yeah, I can't boost as high. But it would still run it. No chance. Yeah. No chance on a 4090. Uh, but yeah, uh, when frequencies start pushing higher, temps get higher, more power draw. I think in the next couple of generations, there's going to be a renaissance both of a megahertz battle and of an undervolting battle. Because that same kind of thing also happened with Pentium 4s, where they went, holy crap, my CPU's hitting 95 degrees out of the box with a third-party cooler. Um, you know what? If you dial it back 200 megahertz, it hits 70. And I'm feeling that same kind of, like, that same kind of feeling when Prescott came out, when Intel Prescott made its debut. And then later on, uh, gosh, what was the... What was the Pentium D architecture? The first generation Pentium D. Oh. The first dual core. Um, that architecture was astronomically hot. 
it also ran at 3.6 gigahertz uh, back in the day, which doesn't sound like a lot today, but when you consider most of the CPUs in that era were like 2.8. 3.6 was the high bar. Oh, and we doubled it with two CPU cores. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for this upcoming generation of technology, more so than I've been excited for a very long time, probably dating back to the debut of the very first Threadripper, which coincidentally was episode one of Talking Heads. We talked about Threadripper got announced. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I'm starting to feel like I've I've been in this in this scene for Doesn't long it, it enough. It feels weird. It feels weird, right. Like, I'm, I'm more than five years into this now, and it's feeling weird that I can call back to, like, yeah, that got launched the same week I launched my channel, or the same week that, that you know, we did our first Talking Heads. Um, and that was the last time that I was genuinely that excited, because of all the launches that we've had, um, I wasn't around uh, as a channel or as a personality of influencer, whatever you want to call me, uh, for the launch of Ryzen, for the launch of the 1700, 1800, uh, and, and so on. Um, that was in March of 2017. Um, we did our first live show, first Talking Heads, I believe August of 2017, which was the week that Threadripper was announced. And again, the early influence of Ryzen was squarely targeting Intel's high-end desktop platform. It was squarely targeting X299, X99. Um, And made an impact right away. And Threadripper was the, we don't need to make this threat, but we're going to. We're going to come out with a 16-core processor. Uh, And it was competitive immediately with the 7980XE. It was insane how competitive it was, especially given the price difference of $1,800 versus $1,000 for a 1950X. Um, So, again, we haven't seen this kind of battle since that time. Like, there's been been some big launches. There was Zen 2 and Zen 3 were really big launches. Um, Coffee Lake was a really big launch for Intel with the 8000 series finally moving to 6-core on the consumer desktop. Um, But when I started in 2017, Pascal had already launched. And... uh, the I think the Vega 64 came out right around the same time that I was launching. And so, but Vega wasn't, like, all that inspiring. Like, yeah, it's competitive with the 1080, but at, like, 50% more power draw. It wasn't, like, it wasn't as competitive as I think some people wanted it to be. Now, Fine Wine, it did very well. It's actually very competitive with the 1080, 1080 Ti these days. Uh, because of driver optimizations and and things like that. But at the time, it was kind of like, eh, it was a lukewarm reception. Um, There haven't been really any consumer or high-end desktop launches that have compared with that. Um, On the enterprise space, Epic Rome is probably the the next biggest one that I can remember. That it's like, we're dropping 64 cores onto a single CPU. Oh, and you can put two of them onto the same board. Uh, where Intel had 28-core CPUs. And the 32-core was like, we want to crush you. And the 64-core is, and we mean it. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, and no, and so there, there that was really a company throwing been. down. And yeah, there there, there, those yeah, are very few and far between moments. Yeah, there really hasn't been anything uh, impressive. I mean, like, once 
now that I think back, yeah, the Ryzen, a launch was, and like I said, Zen, I thought Zen 2 was better than Zen 1 uh, <laughs> of the Threadripper, just because, yeah, they worked a lot of the bugs out. Jeez, set on my headphones. Um, and so that was very nice to see them. It was just a skyrocket. And all of the news for like the year and a half was Intel's got nothing. It was just us talking about how people are try- are saying Intel's still in the game when they really weren't. And then Il- Intel is still doing their typical, we boosted like 15% performance. Check it out. You know, here's the next SKU line. And it was just nothing. So yeah, you're right. Remember there when has- Intel had no competition and it was like, here's your 7% performance gain year over yeah. year. Here's your 7% so- performance gain. It's like, the reviews wrote themselves for like six or seven years on Intel CPUs. Everything from Sandy Bridge to Coffee Lake was, we're going to give you another 7%. It's like, I know you're shelving performance. I know you're holding out. I know, Intel, you've got more in the bank. And as it turns out, they had more in the bank. It was just all on 14 nanometer. Yeah, that was their their other issue. There's their skews. Right. <laughs> they were screwed. Yeah, we were talking more of just about the horrible production of Intel, but there hasn't been a big advancement. Um, the only other large thing was in uh, the 3080s, 3070s, basically 30 series. Yeah, yeah. Ampere has has been the biggest GPU announcement that I've been excited but, for since yeah, I've yeah. been in this as space. As- pa- Pascal was the previous one. Uh, yeah. where it's like Pascal was like, man, they 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 took 900 series performance, they took Maxwell, and they literally doubled it. So it's been six or seven years since we've seen NVIDIA or AMD either going, we're going to double the previous generation's performance. And everyone was pretty happy with Ampere. Like Ampere was finally the response to Pascal that we had wanting. Turing, we knew all along, was pretty much a stopgap. Um, but, uh, but these ADA, these Lovelace CPUs, these, boy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just, again, curious, going back to the power supply of everything, you know, uh, uh, what's the, well, I didn't actually get to see the power draw on these chips. Uh, Max Turbo. Did you see the power supply draw? Uh, from the Intel chips? Yeah. I haven't seen any power specifics for Intel. I have for AMD, and AMD is moving up their power targets from 105 and 120 watts on all of their existing Ryzen lineup up to 185 watts for some of their higher-end chips for, like, the 7950X and, and so forth. Um, that's, that's I mean, that's what we're going to be seeing, though, and I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, I know these chips are going to be higher. I'm just, man... It's cutting into your bills. It's cutting into your, you know, uh, you yeah. have these in your work. And depending upon your business, this is going to include your power supply and your everything else. It's like, it's great to have the performance, but I also kind of want the budget Honda Accord, Mazda Civic. You know, I want the the thing that still gets the job done with a good did performance. Did you say Mazda but, Civic? Uh, did, I think I did. You said, Maz- you said Mazda, Honda Accord, I said Honda Accord Mazda, and Mazda Civic. Civic. Oh, man, I feel bad. <laughs> but you know what I meant. <laughs> uh, Toyota Corolla, which, by the way, did you see the Toyota Corolla news from today? I did not. Toyota announced a brand new Corolla. Uh, it's a Corolla RS. 
um, or GE, I think is what they're calling it. GS, something like that. Um, it is a four-door hatchback. So the hot GR. hatches, GR, the hot hatches are back. It is a three-cylinder, 1.6-liter turbocharged engine that's good for 300 horsepower, 295 foot-pounds of torque. Ooh, actually, looks pretty cool looking, too. Like, the hot hatch is back, baby. Yeah. Back with a vengeance. Oh, all-wheel drive, too. And six-speed manual. You can still get it in a manual. Uh, like, oh. That, mm. that, I could use that as a daily driver, because you could put those back seats down. You got a lot Seriously. Of- uh, space to move stuff, haul it's a, stuff around. It's a good-looking car. It's a good-looking car. It's been a while since Toyota, without the help of Subaru ha- or BMW, has produced anything that kind of gets me excited. Cool a three-cylinder turbo engine that's good for 300 horsepower. Yeah. <clears throat> that. But again, that's that's what I want. That does in, things in, to my brain and other parts. In, in chips, I want. I also want as much as I love seeing, you know, the the. The Hertz race. I want to see the power skew race um, where so, it drops. And so sorry. Uh, here is an Intel slide showing Raptor Lake uh, power draw. 253 watts at the top of the chart for the 13900K, which is the 24 core, 32 thread. Oh. So eight performance cores, 16 efficiency. The performance cores are hyper threaded, so two threads, one core. Yeah. Um, 125 watt base power that is at the base clock speed of three gigahertz and 2.2 gigahertz respectively for E and P cores, um, and 253 watts at max power. Still a lot. Yeah. Uh, even the i5s are hitting 180 watts. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious to see what AMD actually measures in at. AMD is typically a little bit more accurate when it comes to saying what their CPUs will actually draw when you install them and turn them on. Um, A 65 watt chip usually draws right around 65 watts at max power. Um, Whereas Intel, it's like, yeah, it's a 95 watt skew, 135 watts. Uh, Like (laughs) they do that all the time and and it drives me nuts. Um, So I'm very curious to see what power draw numbers are with the new generations of chips. I think that's going to be very, very interesting moving forward. Yeah, I, I, I think that too. So that's what that's as much as the performance, I also would like to see power. I would like yeah. to like keep it at the same it's like can I get the same performance? I mean that's the whole point of like the turbocharge in a car. I yeah. can have technically less horsepower uh or you know standard horsepower and get more um Denver Turbo. chimes in with five bucks. Give me an updated CRZ with plug-in hybrid feature, 50 kilowatt driving and rear wheels uh, for all-wheel drive. So rear wheel primary, but all-wheel drive. I'm assuming you just mean an all-wheel drive system. Um, but uh, actually my first thought was when I saw the Corolla announcement, when I saw the GR announcement, I went, there's no way that's not a hybrid. There's no way that's not a... Yeah a gas plus electric Um, because 300 horsepower out of a 1.6 like even 1.6 turbo I'm going no Uh, (laughs) but no 1.6 liter 3 cylinder engine 300 horsepower 295 foot pound that engine block is 
probably like it can fit technically within this screen probably. But uh my one of my favorite engines that's been developed in the last decade outside of Liquid Piston and I really hope Liquid Piston eventually comes to market with some small and even scaled up engines, multi-rotors whatever. Um has been the Ford Fiesta EcoBoost. It is a 1 liter naturally aspirated engine that does 170 horsepower. It it's a cool cool little engine. Oh, and uh to introduce it to the US market, the CEO flew with it on a flight because it fits in an overhead bin. <laughs> oh, the engine? It fits <laughs> as a, the engine block fits as a carry-on on most airlines. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Random obscure fact, um, but yeah, the the Ford Fiesta one liter EcoBoost was uh, one of my favorites to come out. I am all about like little engines, high output. Uh, I love that kind of technology. I love rotaries. I love Wankels, um, as flawed as they may be. But again, I'm very very curious to see what Liquid Piston does. That is the inverted rotary engine. Uh, relying less on apex seals, more on valves to do their their timing, intake, outtake. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, one liter, four cylinder EcoBoost. Cool little engine. Oh my gosh, that thing is tiny. Wow. I mean, that looks like it belongs on a lawnmower. Uh, Tripic says he drives a 1.3 liter non-turbo Suzuki Swift, mostly because fuel here is really expensive at $2.70 per liter. Um, my first car was a 1993 Geo Metro. You may know it better as a Suzuki Swift. Uh, I did not have the four-cylinder version. I had the three-cylinder version, which was a one-liter engine. One liter, 60 horsepower. Um, now, everyone laughed because I it was the two-door hatchback. Uh, and it was in the automatic. It was like the worst combination. It was, uh, the only thing that could have been worse was if I had the five door hatchback. Um, but I had the three door hatchback and automatic transmission, three speed, three cylinder, one liter. I still got like 55 miles to the gallon. What's amazing by that is it had a 10 gallon tank. I could do 500 miles on a tank between fills. Oh, and gas prices. When I had the car in the early, early 2000s uh i could fill the tank for nine dollars and then drive 500 miles yeah like competitive with electric cars today as far as uh input output that was your first car that yeah my very first car was a 93 geo metro oh my gosh yeah i wouldn't yeah <laughs> surprisingly mine was a volvo <laughs> I don't know that I could have guessed that. <laughs> Although when I met you, you were driving a Civic. That's true. That's true. A little blue Civic. Uh, it was an Accord, actually. But yeah, was it an Accord? I, th- I could have swore it was a Civic. Uh, it was the longer body, so it was an Accord. Same okay. engine as the Civic. Yeah, it was a two-door, wasn't it? It was a two-door. Yeah. Yeah, it was the sports model. Uh, damn, that thing was hard to see the front end. I just like, oh, that's cool looking. Let me buy that. And that, again, it was engine-wise. Uh, but yeah, my first car, uh, 95 Volvo 960 four-door, five-door wagon, I guess, technically. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they're all five doors, but I uh, hated that thing, and I love that thing at the same time. So. <laughs> That's how it works. 
I've owned two Geos in my life. Uh, I, I had the, the 93 Metro. And then right after I got married, actually a month before I got married, I bought a 98 Geo Tracker, which is the Suzuki Samurai. Oh, yeah, I know that. Um, I loved that car. Um, uh, famous for tipping over. Famous for tipping over. But mine had the hard top on it. It was five speed with four wheel drive. Um, it was the absolute right model, had all the right packaging. It was so much fun to drive. Um, and uh, I drove that thing for like four or five years. And one day I was heading north on I-5 and the timing belt slipped. Oh. And it was an interference engine. And you can kind of guess the rest because I was yep. doing like 80. And uh, engines don't like it when uh, when all of a sudden your timing belt slips and the transmission just starts spinning things on its own. Um, so I ended up with a hole in the engine block you could put your fist in. And by the way, that was only a 1.6 liter engine. <laughs> uh, wasn't a lot of space to begin with. And uh, we gave it some extra holes to breathe out of. <laughs> this is the exhaust holes. Right. <laughs> Speed holes. Yeah, go fast. Yeah, holes. They, yeah, they make it go fast. Yet the oil is leaking out. The transmission fluid's going through. <laughs> uh Lemming chimes in with uh two Aussie bucks. Thank you very much. The Koenigsegg Gamera, uh two liter, three cylinder, six hundred horsepower. Oh jeez. I just spilled my beer. All I don't of it? know how that happened. No, not all of it. I oh, okay. I don't even know how that happened. That was weird. Yay. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to hand the show to you for like two minutes. All right. Well, I was just, I asked the question of what everyone's first car was, and I will just go ahead and go through that. We got Skull with an 88 Oldsmobile. I'm assuming that's what it is, Olds. Uh, Quan, uh, same to Jeff, a 93 Geo Metro. Woohoo. Then he went to an 84 RX-7 and a 90s RX-7. I always wanted an RX-7. Oops, not. Uh, what else we had? We have Sean with a 93 Nissan Sentra. Yeah, those are classics. Everyone, I, we where I grew up, saw those all the time. Oh, Grand Ams. Uh, hey, G Jero, 87 Grand Am. Nice. Uh, we got a Volvo XC40. What year was that Volvo XC40? Because, you know, I just don't like the trunks. They're so small on those. Uh, we got a 89 Subaru. Oh. Novella, again, comes with an 88 Chevy Beretta. Someone, oh, Pontiac Grand Am. Jeez. Man, you guys, oh, man, everyone's chiming in. <laughs> a bubble top goal top goal wing with a 1.6 one jz engine what is that what is a bubble oh my gosh you're kidding me uh that there's no way lemmings okay all right he's just pulling honda civic yeah that after my Volvo, uh, it was an '89 Honda Civic hatchback gray with a huge dent in the back. Um, again, one of those cars you love to hate. Uh, uh, actually, the only reason I stopped driving my Volvo was a Jaguar, a '99 Jag. Uh, I don't forget. I don't remember which model it was T-boned me. 
um, made me spin around a bunch. And uh, yeah, that, that was fun. <laughs> no, it, it hurt. Hurt like a bunch. Uh, actually, I had a 69 Camaro at one time. 69. That was fun. All stock numbers, too. Had that for about a year and a half. 78 Ford LTD. Nice, nice. Oh, Jeff smells like beer. Yes, he does. So what is going on, everyone in this world? Jeff spilling beer. Don't know why he left, because technically, I mean, like, we don't see <laughs> just in a wet pool of beer. Sounds like a good time to me. I've done that before. Twice, actually. People pay good money for that. We got a lot of people's first cars. Awesome. Yeah, 78 Chevy Nova. Kid I uh, went to high school with had a, I don't remember what year it was. Uh, I think it was a little bit older than that Chevy Nova, but it was Nova. It was like a 68, 66 Nova. Yeah, there were some pretty interesting ones. Buick LeSabre, 82. Now that's... Oh, I thought I unmuted it. There we go. Sorry. Okay, I'm oh, unmuted tell... now. Oh, tell us about your shirts. Uh, that's that's for the Discord only. Yep. So if you, if you want to know about any Hops and Brews merch, you have to join... The Craft Computing Discord. It's exclusive. And if you'd like to, that's just one of the perks of joining the Discord. Link for the Discord is in the description below. Minimum $1. More is always gratitude. But you get extra perks like seeing possible more merch from me. Uh, more merch. How are people merch saying they still can't hear me? I see the input. Lag? I can, yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. So Sorry, the um, delay on YouTube must be much longer than it normally is because it's like, I fixed it. Why are you all complaining? I fixed it like a minute and a half ago. It, it, it looks like it's about a 30 second delay. Yeah. It's still talking about me on Discord. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a bit. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that came through. Uh, at Craft Computing, I hope you got the license for the ICX 6610. Um, boy, here's the deal with that. Let's follow up with the brocade, shall we? Um, yes, to all the people who reached out with the exact same forum posts, either from Serve the Home or from the other site, um, I even had those sites before I started that video. Um, not before I ordered the Switch. I ordered the Switch and then, uh, uh, someone's like, oh, if you need licensing, like, here's where to get it. Well, not. Um, I'm... I'm split. I'm split on that one. And here's why. Um, even though the brocade is end of life, it feels weird to circumvent licensing for me. However, I'm also in a position where I circumvent licensing on NVIDIA products all the time. Uh, and I justify it by saying NVIDIA gives away that same technology and you can do the same exact thing on a different operating system. Uh, that is, Hyper-V with GPU-P is 100% free to use and fully endorsed by NVIDIA. 
and I'm simply unlocking the Linux version of doing it uh, that is still, you know, very, very heavily licensed by NVIDIA. But if they're going to unlock it on one platform, I don't see why it shouldn't be unlocked on other platforms. And I'm happy to use, uh, I'm happy to unlock features that are inside of a GPU that are locked. So I really shouldn't have a problem with hacking the license on a brocade. Um, by the way, the license uh, hack involves essentially changing the serial number that you're reporting to the brocade switch so it thinks that you are a registered paid user. Um, so I can guarantee you this. I'm not going to do a video on it. I'm not going to guarantee you that I won't use the switch though. <laughs> um, like I might eventually do it uh, and, and license it. I'm looking at a couple alternative solutions now. Um, uh, obviously Microtech has some really interesting things. Uh, I, I looked at some of their 40 gig stuff. Um, I'm actually looking at one of their 100 gig switches right now. Uh, it's $800 for a four port 100 gig that is, can also be bifurcated into twenties or 25s, tens and ones. Uh, I don't know how you'd get 100 DAX out of a QSFP 28, but, uh, who knows? Um, but yeah, so I definitely won't be filming a follow-up for that video simply because um, I don't know, some weird internal moral conflict with myself. I'm sure I'll get <laughs> over it. But. Don't need to explain. It's your channel. Do what you want. <laughs> Not the strangest thing I've seen with bifurcating a 100. <laughs> yeah, I... I... <laughs> um, I, I will say the uh, the last things that I deployed in production were 40 gig. Um, I, I never got to play with, with 100 gig stuff, so... Um, let's see, Denver. I guess Denver has sent over a super chat. Oh, we missed a couple. Uh, right after Lemming super chat. We missed oh. one from Denver at 10 bucks. Uh, original CRZ was a good looking car, terrible powertrain, 120 horsepower, aerodynamic hybrid, two seater that only rated for 35 miles the gallon. My 96 V8 Fleetwood limo, six doors, got better when I babied it. Um, I own both cars. Um, that you is seriously impressive for a V8 <laughs> Fleetwood. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Because um, that's a Chrysler drivetrain, right? Um that. 96. Yeah, 96. Yeah, Fleetwood. Fleetwood is Chrysler, right? They use Chry uh, Chrysler platforms. Or Cadillac. Oh, it's a Cadillac. Okay, so it's GM. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you'd be on late LT engines. LT1s. Which I get, I, yeah, LT1s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. I guess 35 miles a gallon isn't unheard of out of an LT1. Um, strange that you got it in a six-door limo, though. Uh, <laughs> like, in a C4 Corvette, well-tuned, you could get 35 miles a gallon highway out of an LT1 in a C4 Corvette. I've not heard of that with double the curb weight, though. So, bravo if that's if that's indeed accurate. 
I mean, um, I mean, what does babying mean? Like 35 miles an hour babying? Like you are just driving limbo speeds, you know, so. Uh, sorry, right under that, I didn't see this comment. Kane's World says 93 Geo Metro to a 94 RX-7 to a 1990 RX-7. Yeah, I talked uh, about that one. So, so probably uh, you got the 93 Metro, you went to a 12A and then to a 13B. Uh, that's cool. That's a cool combination of cars. I did own an 87 RX-7 for a very short time, like less than three months. Um, I bought it for a project car and then the engine in my daily driver exploded on me. And uh, and I had to sell the project car to fix the daily driver. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come see you in a minute, okay? I, I will come help you in, the, in just a minute, okay? All right. Um, of course, I have locks. Use them. Um... <laughs> But uh, yeah, I did have an 87 RX-7 for a very brief time, but uh, my daily driver was a 94 Toyota Celica. Um, loved that car. Five-speed GT, so it had the 2.2 liter instead of the 1.8. Um, phenomenal car. Front-wheel drive, but five-speed and everything you wanted in like a little two-door commuter car. Yep. That's all I was doing was a, putting yeah, 100,000 miles on the car. Like... Um, yep. I had a 91. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Very cool cars. But, yeah, the uh, the engine in my Celica exploded. And so I had to get a new engine for it. Hey, me too. Or my uh, uh, radiator exploded in mine. Yeah. No, mine, uh, um, the uh, motor straight up seized on me. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, spun a bearing and, and seized. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of rare for a Toyota, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, sp spun a bearing and uh, didn't put a hole in the block like I had a couple other cars. Um, in fact, both of my Geos ended with with holes in the crankcases. So <laughs> the the Metro and and the, uh, the uh, Tracker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, had to sell the RX-7 to uh, get enough money to buy... Uh, a reman engine straight from japan had it uh shipped from rising sun motors Ooh. uh gosh when was this 2006 i i wrote them a i wrote rising sun it, it was a site that i found online ordered a remanufactured engine by faxing in an order sheet um and then mailed them a check and hoped I would get an engine. <laughs> I got an engine and it was perfect. Uh, it, it was beautiful. Um, and uh, served me very well until a Toyota Sienna minivan pulled out in front of me and I hit him doing almost 50 miles an hour. Um, T-boned him in my Celica. Oh. So eight months later, I put a brand new engine into my Celica. T-boned a Sienna uh, at 50 miles an hour eight months later. I was I was not happy. Uh, AMD, not to be uh, out of I'm the done. news loop this week, uh, plans on showcasing their mid-range B650 and B650 enthusiast platforms on October 4th. So this will be the Zen 4 architecture on the AM5 platform with a 7000 series name and a 600 series chipset. Everyone got that? 
There we go. Okay. Uh, so yeah, brand new AM5 socket. Uh, obviously, the high-end chips are going to come first. The uh, the uh, X670, X670E, as well as probably the Ryzen 9 CPUs are going to get launched on September, what, 24th? 10 days from now. Dang. September 28th, something like that. Um, and then uh, the, yeah. the week after, uh, they're going to show off the new mid-range, so the Ryzen 5 CPUs and, uh, and the mid-range chipsets to go with that. Um, while it will still support PCIe 5 and DDR5 memory, it is being limited on the number of PCIe 5.0 slots, and you need to get the enthusiast platform if you want to get PCI Express 5.0 storage compatibility. Uh, so those are the, the rumors that I've heard thus far about it. Um, very curious to see what happens. Uh, I know the goal of most companies anymore is to drive you to an, an enthusiast platform, but it's still not what most people buy. Most people are still going to be buying mid-tier. They're still going to be buying B650 motherboards. Uh, so very curious to see what the trade-offs are what impact that has on performance, whether it's gaming, whether it's workstation, whether it's enterprise, whether it's server. Uh, very curious to see, so. <laughs> Shut up, John. <laughs> how, how are you enjoying that beer? Um, it's definitely good. Um, Definitely reminds me of Waldo's past. Yeah. Um, it's not nearly as easy drinking as some of the other ones that I've had. Yeah. Um, where it's like the mouthfeel is the same. The, the hot profile is definitely big, bold, punchy in the mouth and ask for more. Uh, I mean, it is dank. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we are solidly into the West Coast, heading into the South Valley uh, <laughs> tank on the yeah. hot profile. But the back end, it's not nearly as smooth. It's not right. nearly as easy drinking. Um, while they're always going, while the Waldo series is always going to be that oily cling, this one's leaving a little bit of of a sour, weird tang in my mouth. Mm -hmm. And while I, I still call it enjoyable, it's a noticeable step back. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, it, I don't remember if it was the year before or the year prior to that. That one was amazing. And then they did like a bad The 2020 was incredible. I think that's what it was. Yeah. 2020 was incredible. 2021 was not great at all. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like horror, but for what we're talking about, this one is right in between. Right, right. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've been drinking the Waldo series since, like, what, 2016, I think? Yeah. Is when I kind of, like, like discovered Waldo. Like, start, oh, they do this. Attention. Yeah, yeah like, start oh, paying okay. attention, you know. Um, about 2015, 2016 was the year I got really deep into craft beer. Yeah. Uh, like I'm going into the weeds. I'm, I'm pre-ordering all my bourbon counties. I'm, I'm making sure that I'm there for all the Firestone releases. Like I'm into it. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Um, 
like I said, it's definitely still enjoyable. It's definitely still very high bang for the buck because remember, this is a $2.12 ounce. That's 11.7% yeah. triple IPA, double dry hopped. Like, it's a good beer still. Yeah. Uh, but if I had to rate it on untapped, I'm leaning more towards the 3.25, 3.5 than I am towards the 4 to 4.25 that I normally would rate a Waldo's at. Like, it's, mm -hmm. it's still good, but there's a couple oh, yeah. qualities that I straight up don't like about it. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, Mr. Wonderful says, Craft Computing, I watch your shows all the time, and I love ordering the beers you end up trying out. Awesome. Um, honestly, the, the reason I started the channel was to share things that I like. To um, uh, Like, I started the channel, like, tech-wise, with weird AliExpress X79 motherboards that no one had done an English review on yet. <laughs> and I went, this is interesting to me. Like knockoff chipsets, refurbished, you know, they're they're reballing all of these and selling them as something else. Like that's that's intriguing. I, I wonder if that would work. Um, the reason I decided to do a video on the X79 stuff is the year prior, I had bought a genuine X99 motherboard, but I had imported a uh, an Intel classified CPU it was a, uh, it was the 2678V3. So 12 core, 24 thread, uh, engineering sample. Uh, so it was an ES marked chip and uh, served me quite well. And uh, during 2016, I had fully water cooled it. I had built up a couple of different GPU uh, uh configurations until I found one that I was happy with um, and whatnot. And I went, you know what? I'm thinking about trying to do a YouTube channel, talking about things that I like. Why don't I try doing stuff on like super affordable import electronics? Yeah. And, uh, and then since I'm in the Northwest, you know, I like usually all day long, I've got a bottle of water or juice or Gatorade or ginger ale or, I've usually got something next to me to drink. I went, since I'm in the Northwest, since I'm in Oregon, we're in hop nirvana here. Why don't I like open a new craft beer in every video? Just just for a hook, just for a prop, just for yeah. something to talk about, something to get people interested. And uh, it kind of worked. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I mean, five and a half years later, here I am. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I talked about that stuff because I was already doing that kind of stuff. I was already very interested in that type of stuff. Um, but uh, 2016 was also the year that I, you know, 15, 16 was also the year that I was getting really into craft beer and starting to go with John to like rare beer releases and, and tap rooms. We don't and, need to get into those stories. Yeah. <laughs> we'll stop at the speakeasy. Like that. There we go. Yeah. Knock three times if you want to go down two stories. Knock yeah. three times if you want. Yeah, there were some good beers down there, I'll tell you what. What was that, 19 and a half apricot? Oh, man, that was a weird remember one. Remember that one? Yeah, I do remember that one. I had to split with everyone in the room. Holy crap. Uh, there were like 12 people down there. It was a pint, and so we all split it, and you got like an ounce and a half out yeah. of a bottle. <laughs> the bottle was a hundred dollars. Yep. Um, it was a nineteen and a half percent 
apricot. Was it a red it ale? Sa- no, I think or it was, was a sour. 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 Okay. Yeah, it was an it was, it was an like apricot a- infused something. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it was like a sour. Because it was, I think it was from Europe or something like that. Yeah. Be- because the bottle was really weird. I remember him showing had, it. Had, had, a, had a champagne style cork on it. Yeah. Had the, the, the wire twist and the long, you know, long bulbous cork on it. Uh, it was interesting. Um, okay, that 19% is not legally beer anymore. Technically, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, it was still mashed uh at up to 19 percent um and that particular beer didn't use any weird or obscure distillation freeze distillation any kind of tech it was genuinely a 19 and a half percent mash you can get that so you you can do that you got to use certain strains of yeast and and you know hearty ingredients and things like that but you can do it uh, Sam Adams does it with the Utopias and they get upwards of 28%. Yeah. Um, although they've got that down to a science anymore with some very specific strains. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you can use something like champagne yeast with mead and get easily 14 to 17% in your house. So yeah. Then, then now think about climate control and everything that they have. They can right. get what they want. Yeah. So, but no, still technically a beer. Oh, good times. Good times. Um, I promised a lot of off the wall stories. Uh, let's see if we can rapid fire these really quick. Cause we got like right. five yeah, minutes left. Sure, okay. Let's do that. Irish teenager wins a national science award for a deep fake detector. AI. He has been engineering this AI for the last five years. And he goes, while it is only as accurate as the current deepfake detection AI protocols that are used by Google, Twitter, and some other resources, he says his is five times faster. So it's five times more efficient than the tools that are being used today to detect deepfake videos. Uh, Kind of a cool story. The full article is linked in the description if you want to read it. Very interesting. Read. The kid's 16 years old and he's developing for five years. He's been developing and, and he, yeah, for five years, he's been developing his own homebrew neural network to detect deep fake videos. Really cool story. Uh, Micron breaks ground on their $15 billion us chip plant. Uh, that should be opening in 2026. Uh, this is in Boise, Idaho and is said to bring, uh, tens of thousands of jobs and will account for 40% of Micron's DRAM production volume globally uh, by, or sorry, by 2025. Yeah. Uh, so huge US investment by Micron for, for DRAM and potentially GDDR and other memory technologies. So very cool stuff there. Ubisoft says we weren't ever fully invested in NFTs. Why would you think that? Other than the fact that we said it was the future of gaming as we know it. Uh, Yeah, we'll see if Uh, NFTs really answer the player's needs. Uh, Gosh, that was horrible. Who saw this one coming? Uh, South Korea. (laughs) Yeah. South Korea hits Google and Meta with record-setting fines over privacy violations. Uh, 
So they have been fined 69.2 billion KRW or around 50 million US dollars. Uh, that's Google share and about $22 million in Meta's share for privacy leaks from South Korea. Um, again, a very interesting story. This has everything to do with regulation and local laws not yep. being followed by either of those conglomerates. So again, if you're interested in privacy data, that kind of stuff, pretty interesting <laughs> read. Yep. To Google and Meta, this is probably just the cost of doing business because they probably made more ad revenue in those countries than they did if they'd have followed all the laws. So it's kind of the, you can't punish the rich because you can't charge them enough. Uh, but hey, uh, at least South Korea is trying. Uh, and finally, is that last story? No, two more stories. No, two more. Uh, the UK is challenging. Uh, Microsoft's proposed $69 billion acquisition of Activision and Blizzard games, citing potential harm to gamers. Now, obviously, this was the largest concern of the acquisition here in the U.S., as Microsoft already has control of, well, let's just say PC gaming, as well as the Xbox space. Um, and Activision Blizzard is one of the largest publishers and, and developers on the planet. And so the merger of these two companies uh, with regard to streaming services, game streaming, game publication, uh, even, even lockouts and exclusivity, the repercussions of this acquisition are huge. And yep. while it may be getting a pass in the US, the UK may still not allow it. And as a global company, both of them being, uh, you have to follow global laws. And if the UK says you can't merge, the merger may be halted. So something to keep an eye on here in the coming months. Finally, Right to repair. A judge has allowed the McFlurry machine repair lawsuit to proceed. And I could not be happier. Now, we covered this as a right to repair issue probably six, eight months ago, something like yep. that, uh, where a third-party company was making a module you can plug into the McDonald's McFlurry machine to read the diagnostic codes off of. Very similar to an OBD2 port that you have on your car. Uh, it would tell you where the fault was, what the fault was, and the parts necessary to replace it, as well as the third party offering parts for sale so individual franchisee owners could repair McFlurry machines and keep business moving. Um, McDonald's as a corporation, not the franchise owners, but the corporation had a contract exclusivity with the McFlurry machine uh, provider where the franchisee had to buy the hardware from this manufacturer and had to buy service from this manufacturer, which does seem like a conflict of interest if you're a franchisee, individual, individually owned and operated franchise, um, as well as a blow to right to repair, as if I buy a piece of machinery, it is my right to be able to repair that machine through whatever means necessary. Uh, are you reading the room, John Deere, Tesla, Apple? You best yep. pay attention. Uh, anyway, uh, that third comp third party company, uh, I'm drawing a blink on the name now. Uh, Taylor Tail and uh. Catch. Catch Devices. Catch Devices. K-Y-T-C-H. 
anyway, Ketch sued Taylor, which was the ice cream machine manufacturer, uh, saying, we have a right to provide our customers with diagnostic data from your machines. Uh, and that no proprietary or uh, industry secrets are, are being transmitted. We're simply reading the diagnostic report and giving our customers the information and then selling them third-party parts, which are, again, totally legal. Uh, well, a judge has allowed that lawsuit to continue uh, as Taylor and McDonald's both asked for dismissals. So kind of big news in the right to repair albeit in the foods industry, but this may have ramifications down the road for tech precedent. companies at large. Yeah. It, it could be, be a very precedent-setting case, so one to keep an eye on. All right, that's All right. It. I covered all that news in seven minutes. Holy crap. <laughs> like, it's like I read the articles or something. All right. Cool. And well, I think, think yeah, I think that's that's probably it. I think that's a show. That's uh, a show. It's been a good one. Yeah. Episode two fifty one X two. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> uh according to my podcast monkey, which is his official title, according to my podcast monkey, last week was episode two fifty. So if I put two forty nine in twice in a row. That was my mistake, and I actually made a mistake earlier in the process, which negated that mistake. So, mm. last week was 250. This is 251. You heard it here first. There we go. Whatever. Anyway, uh, John, any good of the order? Any announcements to make? Nothing. Just uh, keep watching. Sub, sub, subscribe. Um, again, if you want to see some possible new merch coming in from my side, uh, you got to join the Discord. Uh, so check that out. Um, yeah, we got some uh, fall stuff coming, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. <laughs> God, is it orange and round? Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> I have one pumpkin beer in my fridge. Uh, well, well, this is 35%. And there you go. <laughs> You had my attention. Now you have my curiosity. Uh, so I do have a pumpkin beer in the fridge. Uh -huh. I will let. I will save it for the next time you're on in October. Okay. I have. A I will drink beers. it with you. Okay. Is it? Is it one I might already have? It's nitro. Okay. I don't have that. So. Okay. All right. Right, I I can do a pumpkin pumpkin beer in October. Yeah, pumpkin I'm beers. only doing the one. Oh, but, I'll do I'll do two. But no, I, I have a nitro infused pumpkin. Okay, so should be fun. Anyway, if you like this video, make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Drop this episode a like down in the video description. It definitely helps us out. Any articles that you'd like to read, also in the video description if you'd like more information on them. Make sure to check out craftcomputing.store. I've actually just dropped some brand new merch down there that uh, some of our Star Trek fans may be interested in. And I'm hoping to be able to show that off here in the next week or so. But... Those articles of clothing are on sale now. Uh, 
Anyway, other than that, follow me on Twitter at Craft Computed. Keep up with daily shenanigans like this. Follow John at uh, Hops and Brews over on pretty much every social media platform you can find him. Pretty much. Uh, and that's going to do it here for Talking Heads. As always, thank you all so much for watching.